You are dead on. I mean, listen, if you just share the good news, then you as a CEO might wake up one day and find out you've lost your business. I mean, you know, yes. to take it to an extreme. Like <laughs> exactly. I need to know yep. when bad stuff happens because we need to learn to deal with it. We need to stop it from happening. We need to use it as a training opportunity. Yeah. But if the culture is not one where people are encouraged to share the bad news, then we're in trouble. Exactly. But we have to celebrate the good stuff, of course. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. I am so excited to be bringing you uh, just an amazing, amazing man, Mo Favathobob. Mo was the first executive director of the Entrepreneurs Organization, the world's leading entrepreneurs organization, and became and ran that organization as an executive director for, I believe, six years. And then he left to create his own business around forums or mastermind groups. And so Mo is the leading or among the leading experts in the world around forum. He provides forum resources to the entrepreneurs organization, to the young presidents organization, to Google, to Harvard. Um, and I actually was uh, trained a number of times, I guess not, not necessarily a slow learner, but as I took different levels of, of training as a forum leader. And I've, I've been fortunate to be in a forum for over 25 years. And uh, uh, Mo is really amazing, tremendously wise, and so authentic and giving. Um, so I know you're going to really, really love this, this episode if you're interested. Again, he's an entrepreneur, so he runs a very successful business of his own, a speaker, an author. And if you're interested, again, what is, what is a mastermind group? How's that work? What's the secret sauce? We're going to really dig in deep. And you know what I'm into? I'm into finding amazing young leaders who want to have amazing, spectacular lives, making a difference in the world, finding their passion and really um, moving and, and making a contribution. So if you know of anyone, please reach out to me at chris at leaderspodcast.ca. Welcome to share our, our podcast. And uh, again, I know you're going to love this. Have a super fantastic day. Thanks so much. So Mo, I am so excited to have you on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm honored to be with you, Chris. Yeah, it's just awesome. I, I saw you doing some podcasts online that were getting promoted through LinkedIn. And, and, and I'm like, hold on, I might be able to get mowed. Come on, the leaders of tomorrow. Of course, I just we go so, so far back. What do we know? know. Other, what, 25 years maybe? <laughs> we do. And I, and I, what I thought we would do is just go back to the start of your career because really you were instrumental in the development of really one of the most important organizations, or sorry, that I believe exist in the world. And that's the Entrepreneurs Organization. And, and maybe you could walk us back to sort of those early days, you know, maybe describe to our leaders what EO is, the vision of EO is, et cetera. And then maybe we can talk a little bit about those early days. You got it. I have to start September, 1989. I met a teacher of entrepreneurship, University right. of Maryland. And uh, this guy 
came to the door. Now, mind you, University of Maryland, you've got classes of 500 people. Yes. But this is an intimate entrepreneurship class, maybe 20 students max. And this teacher walks to the door, shakes my hand, and says, hello, I'm Vern Harnish. I'm going to be your professor for the semester. I did not know in that moment that that day was going to change my life. Because Vern, just a couple of years prior, had started YEO, Young Entrepreneurs Organization. And uh, his mission was simple, to help the leading entrepreneurs who were 30 and younger at the time. I think to grow and really put entrepreneurship on the map and to support these entrepreneurs as they grow and become, you know, the amazing people that most of them are and have became. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's when I first heard about it. And January of 1990, um, he hired me as his associate director. Uh, Within nine months, he quit and I became executive director until May of uh, 97. Right. So. The criteria for membership changed. They raised the age, as you know. It went from 30 to 33 to 37 to 40. Uh, Then they started a graduate organization, the World Entrepreneurs Organization, which was 40 and up. And then they uh, combined the two. And now there is no age limit. But to be a member, you have to be the founder or owner of a company that has at least 1 million in sales. And uh, so it was quite an incredible group of people. Yeah, yeah, no, and I I didn't know that. That that's so fascinating. That that's your connection with Vern. And and by the way, it would be great as well just to introduce our young leaders as well to Vern Harnish. So why don't you share like just not only so not only did Vern create the Entrepreneurs Organization, which is a nine thousand plus organization around the world that exists in forty countries over 40 yeah. countries, you yeah. know, so one of the, is the leading entrepreneurs organization in the world. And what else did Vern go and do? What, well, I'll let you off. Yeah. So Vern, <laughs> I mean, he is the growth guru is yes. basically how he's known. He has helped mm-hmm. so many companies go from, you know, 1 million and in some cases to over a billion. I mean, he yes. just is the best curator of learning for entrepreneurs that I know, bar none. Yes. Uh, in addition, he's a Fortune small business columnist, which is one of his later roles. Mm-hmm. And his organization, Gazelles, uh, puts on this Scaling Up conference, which I've been fortunate to speak at twice. And yes. um, at his Scale Up conference, people bring in their executive teams. The room has got, you know, a thousand people. And yeah. they are just all hungry for learning, thirsty for growth. And it's an amazing, incredible event that he puts on. Uh, several times a year. Yeah. And and more than that, um, he sends out an email, free email, gazelles.com. So for any anybody can go sign up for that. I get it weekly. Um, now during the pandemic, he's sending them more out, but you know, sort of so that the intensity or the frequency. And so just all sorts of leading ideas. Like you said, curator, a fantastic curator. He also created the Birthing of Giants, which is an organization uh, sponsored with MIT that brought people together every summer, groups of entrepreneurs, and developed incredible, incredible success. And, uh, you know, through, like you said, cutting edge learning, really understanding, because one of the things that many people don't really know is there's there's different phases of being an entrepreneur. There's a phase for people to get to that first stage of entrepreneurship. And a lot of that is just hard work, 
right? You know, one thing that always entrepreneurs have in common with, you know, again, sometimes people are tricked. They look at entrepreneurs later in life and they go, wow, they seem to have a great lifestyle and they don't seem to be Overnight success. Yes. (laughs) And and not working very hard. No, no, no. Overnight success. That's right. No, no, no. They grind it out and they get to a certain point. They bounce into this ceiling of complexity. And then how do they develop systems and processes to have the business run and where are they getting in their way? And, and so how do you keep that growth, growth path going? And for somebody like Vern, who literally has been doing it for decades, he sees all these little spots and then creates uh, systems and processes for people to follow and has done a really great job with that. Yeah. So amazing. Amazing. The best of the best. And so that's really amazing. So, and one of the things obviously Vern did, because Vern totally cared about the YEO is so he basically put you in charge, right? Spent three months and said, here, I'm going to do. (laughs) Well, just as a college, fresh college graduate, Mo, you're running this. I'm like, really? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So yes, it was my MBA. I learned so much and met so many amazing people and, um, traveled the world and, and learned the thing that became my passion, as you know, which is form, yes. you know, yes. so in this organization and many others that we're going to talk about, you know, there's kind of two main components that right. make these organizations really hum. One is the educational component that we've touched on. And the yeah. other is this thing called forum, which is like a mastermind group. And uh, basically it's a group of, you know, call it eight people, yeah. eight entrepreneurs, eight CEOs yeah. that meet every single month for three to four hours in yeah. a structured, confidential, safe environment so they mm. could really open their kimono, speak their truth, yeah. be vulnerable yeah. so that they could help each other out. Um, so I am i don't know about you, I'm still in the same forum group from 1991. Yeah, and you could imagine too. how powerful and how yeah. amazing it is to have that kind of support for that long. Well. I am just about to uh, experience our 25th anniversary mm-hmm. so uh, of our group and and one of the things as well for our for our leaders to to hear as well is is that it's you're brought together non-competitive uh businesses these people who you don't know who like literally none of them would have been someone who I would have been like attracted to, to sort of say, oh, they're the type of people I normally hang out with. Like, you know, just kind of at a cocktail party or whatever. I don't know. You know, it just, and every one of them are my closest friends now, you know, amongst my closest friends and just, just the, the time in the chair, the time helping each other, the time, you know, we call ourselves pro bono, which is our, our gift to each other is we give our time to each other all the time. Right. And give each give our time, you know, in the meetings and then outside the meetings. And, you know, we have we have experts in healthcare, we have experts in dentistry, we have experts in uh data, in um real estate, in recruiting, uh, in coaching, in um leadership. And and it's just so powerful to go, oh, hey. You know, technology. Oh, gee, I'm going to go to so and so about this. I'm going to go reach out to them. It's just so powerful. It is incredible. It's incredible, and that became my passion. So mm-hmm. here I am running this entrepreneurs organization, and I'm loving my work. Yeah. And one day, I go into a training organized by the Young Presidents Organization to right. teach us how to do this forum concept. Yeah. And in that one day. Again, I think my life was changed because I had never been in a situation where I was asked to share at such a level 
Right. And I never thought it would be that powerful and that empowering and that connecting right. for the people that were in that room. And I thought that this is really what I love doing. And I went to the board of directors and I said, you know, it cost us a lot of money to send 20 of our members to Toronto. In fact, yeah. Yeah. right. Don and Bonnie folk ran the training back then. Yeah. In, in, I think it was 1991, June. Right. Uh, and, you know, each person who didn't know what this concept was had to fly to Toronto, pay for their hotel and pay for their share of yes. this training. And then that we expected them to go back to their cities, their chapters and start a bunch of forums. And yes. as you could imagine, that it wasn't work. really, that wasn't really <laughs> idea. So yes. I went to the board of directors and I said, you know what? I really love this. And I've now been to a couple of these training programs and I'm going to mash them together into what I think is the best of the best. Right. We're going to reduce it from a weekend to one day yes. and I will fly and deliver this program at every chapter for no fee. You guys already pay me. I'm on salary. Right. And so I did hundreds of these hundreds yeah. as part of my job. And yes. by 1997, I realized, you know what? This is what I love. I don't want to report to a board of directors anymore. I don't Absolutely. want to run conferences anymore. I don't, you know, I'm going to do what I love. I'm going to do what I'm mm. best at. And so right. I quit and started Form Resources Network for the sole purpose of offering this amazing concept, which I believe is the best thing since sliced bread Yes, uh, to every association on, on the planet. And that's, that was my plan. Yeah. And so just for our, just for our leader, so Mo is the leading forum expert in the world. Like it's just simple as that, you know, or, 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 or for sure among. And so, you know, one of the things is early on, you know, not that you weren't paid well, but you were undervalued. Okay. Early on, but you got your reps in and reps and reps and wet and he delivered tremendous value. I'm one of his clients or, or one of his, uh, you know, uh, pupils, uh, students. Uh, and then he also in the process developed an incredible network. So when Mo stepped out, full plate, I'm sure. I know that, right? You know, full plate, you know, you couldn't take any more, right? And so it's, so, you know, one of the things I always love for our leaders to figure out is, is, is that again, you know, value comes first and then, you know, financial rewards, you know, value and, and you were delivering value and also just developing the network. We could name drop and not stop for five minutes about right. the number of, multi multi millionaires and billionaires that Mo knows, you know, yeah, uh, and he's in, and he's been informed with and he's he's shared with, etc. It's true, but I have to correct one thing. You know, I made a mistake the day I quit mm -hmm. to hang my own shingle to get started. I didn't negotiate a contract with my mm -hmm. former employer to right. do the work that I do because they would have been naturally my biggest client day one. Right. And as a consequence, for about a year and a half. I had very little revenue and I ended up with $30,000 in credit card debt. Uh, I was living in my mom's basement. And you know what? That was an important time in my life because even then I knew I was on the right path. Even then I had the faith that this is going to happen. And it did happen. And you know what? I look back at that time very fondly and I say, it's a rite of passage. Right. Um, you know, so to think you're going to go start a business and next day, you know, be full slate and in business, you know, some people may be that lucky or maybe that the, their sales abilities are 
far better than mine and, and they right. can make that happen day one. But it was not an overnight thing, as, as I said earlier. No, okay. no, no. It took an easy 18 months just to, just to start breaking even. And so had you just to walk back, though, had you, you know, could that have gone differently? You know, like today's Mo, would that yeah. have gone differently? Yes, right? Yes, yes. And actually, there's another part to that story. You know, when I was leaving, I was mm -hmm. um, hoping to collaborate with one other guy who worked there who was a sales machine okay. uh, from Manchester, England, by the name of Richard Bright. Right. And he decided not to leave uh, when I left. You know, right. it's hard to leave a steady job. He's now doing well. He's doing his own stuff, and he's he's got a great business. And uh, God bless him. One of my best friends. Love the guy dearly. Right. Uh, but I, I really thought I would have that sales machine by my side day one. Right. And I, and I didn't. Uh, so there was a slight hiccup in my plans, right, right from right. the get go. Yeah. You know, and, and again, that's like, you know, that is something that all successful people have is those setbacks, those, those problems didn't go like I thought it would. Gee, I thought they would respond this way. They didn't. I didn't consider X. I didn't consider Y. And and certainly, again, I have, I've got lots of stories of that myself. And, you know, so what do you think gets you through those times, Mo? You know, those, mm. those, those times when it's not going well. So the first thing is I have an amazing, and I don't want to use the word network incorrectly, to imply connections and lots of connections, which a lot of people don't get what, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Please describe, what do you mean by a network? Because it's yeah. not connections. Yes. Yes. So I mean, real connections. I yes. mean, real people with whom you can spill your guts, who are going to listen, who are going to share experience, not advice. Yes. Yes. Right. Who are going to say, yeah, here's what happened when I was there and here's how I got through it. And so, you know, the first thing I would say is whether it's my friends, which obviously, you know, my friends are not people that are just superficial. Yeah. My friends are people who are willing to go deep, who are willing to be yes. real. Yeah. And so between my friends, my EO forum, you know, just my, my support group, I, I yeah. felt that, you know what, these people have my back yeah. and, and I whether or not in this moment, I feel like I'm successful. I believe in myself and yes. these people all believe in me. And that was, they critical. believe in you too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then of course, you know, just personal well-being strategies, you know, exercise. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, you, we, we have a shared uh, passion for triathlons back in the day Yeah, and um, I didn't do it for the physical reasons only. Mm -hmm. I realized that there's a mental impact. And yes. if, if you're not doing your part uh, physically, then you're mentally going to suffer, I believe. I totally agree. And I know you're also a big believer in yoga, which is mindfulness. So for me, my mindfulness practice is so much more than it, than it was, and it continues to grow. I was on the Peloton this morning before this and just feel, feel just energized. And so, so that, that really gets us into that right spot. And one thing I wanted to to have our leaders, because Mo mentioned it, but I want to make sure you you note that is is the idea that I believe the best way to communicate with somebody powerfully and authentically is through experience, not through advice. Because if we offer people advice, there's a number of things that can happen. Number one, it's it's coming from a spot of I'm better than you, or at least I think I'm better than you here in this moment, or I know what's better for you. 
yes, I know what's better for you. And, and so, so if I don't do what you, you suggested and it doesn't go well, then, oh, that sits in the middle of our relationship. And again, how could I possibly know what's good for Mo in this circumstance? So a safe space, always a safe space is to go, there was a similar time in my life. And again, sharing really authentically, really vulnerably. And these, these are the things that I looked at, and this is the decision I made. It's just like, oh, Mo can go, what a wonderful story. I don't see the connection, but thank you for sharing my, my good friend. Or can go, wow, that speaks to me. And then chooses to pick that up and you know, runs, runs down the road with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Right? So it's just so, so powerful. And, and that's, that's one of the things about also why Mo's group, his, his forum group, his mastermind group can last so many decades. Why my group can last so many decades, because there can be no hurt feelings, or I guess if there were, we talk about it, but you know, it's again, we're, we're, we're sharing experiences. We're there to listen and share, et cetera, and support. So it just makes such an impact. It's a powerful mechanism. And you know, anybody mm-hmm. who's got children uh, or, or is in a relationship at some point, has heard something like, don't tell me what to do. Yes. Oh, yes. And so, you know, we <laughs> practice this in these forums, but it turns out it matters, you know, outside yeah. of these forums. And part of the benefit of being in one of these groups is it teaches us how to behave, essentially, how to, yes. how to communicate, how to be real, how to be authentic, how to speak mm. about our emotions when somebody isn't, you know, treating us in a way that, that felt good. And yeah. uh, all those are muscles that help us in, in being better communicators and, and being better team members. Yeah, like it's funny. I know uh, Mo and I, before we jumped on uh, on our podcast, I, I shared with Mo how really in many ways Forum was one of the early opportunities for me to, to get way more vulnerable, way more, you know, what is most personal is most universal. And just, just wow! Look, look at all there is to share. Look at all there is to gain from really letting your guard down and know that wow, other people have these wounds and this, this, this pain or this, this, the, these, these challenges and these victories and their with their wins and and everything. But and and there's no question. The other thing is, there's no question. It taught me to be a better husband, a better father, a, you know, a, be- a better business leader. You know, if we really think about you know being a leader. And that's what this podcast is about, how to be vulnerable, how to be authentic, not put the plant, you know, the flag in the thing. And I'm the, follow me. I'm the leader. I always know best. No, 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 no. That's just not going to work in today's world. Or I don't, I don't know if it ever really worked. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> so, if it works so, if you're scared of the person. <laughs> right. Yes. And there's no choice. Like yeah. Right. There's no choice. Right. It's like, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. 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 But no, I think, I think, you know, you know what I think about this. It creates that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Uh, which makes it so that we're better connected. So, you know, David Bradford, who's a professor at the Graduate School of Business in Stanford, he says it very eloquently. He says, vulnerability is the currency of relationships. Without vulnerability, relationships remain superficial. And so bringing that back to what we're talking about, if I give you advice, there is zero vulnerability yes. in that advice for me. If I tell you my story, and how I failed and how I figured out the answer. Now, I'm also sharing in my vulnerability with you. And so not only does it make it so it's more likely you're going to hear it and receive it, but it also makes it safer 
and more likely that we're going to connect and come out as a stronger relationship as a result of that experience sharing instead of advice. In fact, I recently saw a study, uh, I think it was in Harvard Business Review, that said when advice is given and not taken, the relationship suffers. So imagine if you're in a mastermind group or a forum group with eight members yeah. and seven of them give you advice because I've yeah. seen that happen because you know what? Just tell me what to do. Yes. It is yes. not possible for you to take all that advice. So by yes. definition, even if you take one piece of advice out of the eight people, the other seven yeah. relationships are going to suffer. I think that's a high cost. A really high cost. And and you're right as well. Like one of the things as well, where a lot of times um, these when someone's presenting in a mastermind, when someone's, you know, it's, it's, they're presenting something that is a real challenge, something that could go really well. There's a high Delta really well, really poorly so that there's a lot of vulnerability. And again, just knowing that other people have had that experience is really powerful. Like, and that's one of the things about being an entrepreneur and also just being a leader, you're putting yourself out there. We are putting ourselves out there. And so by being out there, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of, we don't always win. And we hear about those wins, just like Mo. Mo left his business 18 months living in his mom's basement. Not what Mo was experiencing, not what, not, not what Mo wanted, right? Not what Mo's, you know, up to, you know, so having that and, and having, uh, having people understand that. And here's, here's what happened to me. I I had a lot of credit cards owed. I had hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. You know, <laughs> mine was all true compared to yours. <laughs> <laughs> all true. All true. Yes. I guess. Mo, Mo's been at the front of my training at least a number of times in my life, a really gifted uh, opportunity. So, yeah. Thank you so much. That's so kind. Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now, and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. Um, and so one really, I think, um, neat thing as well is, is that as you've uh, continued to sort of, you know, really master and grow and develop, for forum and facilitation and, 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 and facilitating, you've also become an author. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I, I know I love the, the friendship uh, advantage. And so, so it'd be wonderful maybe just sharing, you know, how did that book come about and, uh, and what, it, what it took to put that to paper? Yeah. So, you know, it's my second book because um, the first one was probably 10 years ago now. And that was all about Forum. And it was Forum, The Secret Advantage of Successful Leaders. And, you know, that book was, again, I believe every human being deserves to be in a forum. 100% without doubt. I think you're going to be a better person if you have the opportunity to be in a forum. To be in a forum. I agree with that. And that book, Chris, I'm embarrassed to tell you, it took me eight years to write. Uh, And it's because, you know what? 
I had a lot of decisions to make. Do I publish? Right. Do I self-publish? Do I get a ghostwriter? Do I write it all myself verbatim? Do I, you know, get on a plane and get busy for six months and then I get back to it? It's just for a variety of reasons. So when I wrote my second one, I vowed to get it done in under a year. And awesome. in fact, we got it done in 10 months. And uh, But the reason for that book, I think, is really your question. And I want to talk about it because it's an important one. One of the things that I was proud of, um, and, and to some extent still am proud of, is when somebody joins a forum and they start to really see the value, they make statements like, oh, my God, I've just shared something with you guys that I've never shared with anybody else. Yeah. Or you guys are like closer than my best friends or my family. Yeah. And so initially, when I heard that, I really, I really felt good. Like, this is, this is working. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. As I was pondering this next book, something started to bother me. And it was this. Being in a forum and saying stuff to those folks you've never shared with anybody and having relationships with those people that you value more than relationships with your own family or friends right. was never the intent. Right. The intent was that you join these forums so you could be a better person, a better leader, a better yes. husband, a better wife, a be right? <laughs> okay. So yes. in the second book, what I really did is I looked very deeply at the DNA of what makes these forums so successful. And I asked myself, what about that DNA really applies to life right? in general? Yeah. Whether it be how you deal with your coworkers or whether it be how you deal with your family members or friends. Mm -hmm. And that's what this book is all about. And right. so in the book, we have seven keys to building those relationships. And um, I don't know that we want to go through every single one of them. We can. But basically, it is the DNA that makes these forum groups really so amazing for thousands of people around the world, whether you're talking about EO or YPO, the Young President's Organization, or Harvard Business School Alumni Clubs, with whom we've yeah. done this for about 10 years now, or right. Google. Google is now uh, our latest client with whom we're doing right. forums inside the company. And so how do we take this DNA and help everybody in really developing more authentic, real relationships and real teams in any yeah. environment? Yeah, that is so wonderful. I, I'm I'm glad you noted that. Like, you know, for me, you know, again, forum is a safe haven that I get to be that I that through that I've become better. And I've done again, I've done other training and other work and other development, etc. So it's if it's just I'm authentic and vulnerable there, then that's not doing forum, right? It's like it's like what happens in the court, and the court is your life your primary relationships, you know, with your, you know, again, for us, our children, our wives, our, our partners, our, you know, our, our, our team members, you know, are, are we authentic? Are we vulnerable there? You know, cause, cause what shows up in one area of your life shows up in other areas of your life. And that's where, again, I think that's, again, I think the opportunity for form is then it grows and it shares. And so when I can have one relationship, um, that is, vulnerable and honest and, and, you know, not cocktail talk, 
then I want all my relationships to be like that. I know yeah. you do as well, right? Like, yeah. you know, and again, obviously not always is it possible. I order a Starbucks and hi, how are you? I hope you have a great day or whatever, <laughs> but you know, like, <laughs> you know, so how's your mom, you know, like, you know, like, you know, like, and really ask and really listen, you know, that won't, that won't always work for us, but yeah. I, that's what I want my life to be about. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It just, it just puts a magnifying glass on, you know, the difference between those superficial relationships and how much time you want to give them versus yeah. the real relationships. Yeah, no. So, so, so I, again, uh, leaders, I love, uh, it's the friendship, the friendship advantage. Okay. And just, just again, how important friendship is in, in really business. That was a big part of the book, right? Like really, really how, how bringing these skills and the ways of being that really make a difference in your business. And, and, um, the student works management program, the culture in our program is so amazing. I know, I know one thing we always talk about when people are coming into the program is, you know, you just won't believe the people. And I remember coming back from our Cancun trip last year and a couple of our operators, you know, on the plane trip back and we were stopping and having some breakfast, Mo, and they're saying, I just can't believe the people, but no one could understand why the people are. And again, a huge part of it is, is because Again, being vulnerable, teach, you know, let's not just share all the good things, you know, in our conference calls and things are going well. No, let's share the things that aren't going well. Let's because yeah. that that really helps. And that's another place to get personal development is what's not going well. And 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 yes, you know, so it's both sides. It's always both sides, you know, that really makes a difference, I think. You are dead on. I mean, listen, if you just share the good news, then you as a CEO might wake up one day and find out you've lost your business. I mean, you know, yes. to take it to an extreme. Like, <laughs> exactly. I need to know yeah. when bad stuff happens because we need to learn to deal with it. We need to stop it from happening. We need to use it as a training opportunity. Yeah. But if the culture is not one where people are encouraged to share the bad news, then we're in trouble. Exactly. But we have to celebrate the good stuff, of course. Yeah, in, in both, right? In both. Yeah. So, so Mo, if someone was considering venturing out into the entrepreneurial world, what advice would you give them? Mm. Well, first of all, I don't give advice. <laughs> so that's a trick <laughs> Good question. Point. This is, yeah, it's funny. Just, you know, I just noticed um, the questions that I have are, were all written by my incredible vice president, Patrick Law, and he's a really fantastic fact finder. So, so you're, you're right. I guess I never asked for advice. That's right. That's so great. But anyhow, but that's please. okay. I'm used to that pitfall and I'm going to avoid it. Very definitely. So um, as it relates to starting a business, if this is something that you want to do, um, you know, I'll tell you for me, I absolutely, and this is not true for everybody, because I know people who don't believe what I'm going to say is, is how they operate. For me, it really mattered that it was something that I'm passionate about. For sure. I know people for whom that's not true. For me, absolutely. it absolutely is true. And I have been quoted many a time saying, I would do this work for free the yeah. day I hit the lottery. And yeah. so, yeah. and by the way, I already do a lot of it for free because you know what? There are causes out there and there are groups out there that I absolutely want to support. However, yeah. you know, I love it so much. I would absolutely do it for free. And that's for me important. For me, yeah. it's, it's important because if I don't love every minute of my work day, I'm just not going to be as motivated. I, I, the one thing I've learned, Chris, is what I'm not good at, yeah. right? And what I'm not good at, I get other people to do. I don't do my accounting. You know what? Yeah. It's just not my sweet spot. Yeah. It's not a good use of my time. I'm not doing it. No. I don't do my IT. 
it's not my sweet spot. It's not, a, no. I don't do my social media. I, I have somebody who does. So I do what I do well, and that's all I do. And in fact, yeah. I would tell you, I, I used to get suckered in um, early on, and I say suckered in with all good intent. But, you yeah. know, I would meet a bunch of CEOs and, and, and somebody would say, hey, Mo, can you come do strategic planning for my executive team? Right. And I would say, of course. And you know what? I did okay with it. I don't think yeah. I did terribly. But what I realized is I was not as energized as the work that is soulful, that is vulnerable, that is mm -hmm. connecting. And part mm -hmm. of the strategic planning process may have some a, a team building component. And, and that was why I got suckered in, I guess. Yes, exactly. Uh, but what I noticed is when I stopped doing what is outside of my wheelhouse, yeah. my stickiness with my clients became much, much higher. And so yeah. I say, no, I don't do strategic planning. I will help you build your team. Yeah. And when I say that, I'm talking about real team building. I'm not talking about a trust fall. I'm not talking about, you know, somebody jumping off a wire. I think that stuff is good and fun. And I think there's really yeah. fun. For me, team building is, do we have a real relationship? Do we have vulnerability? Can we have mischievous fun? Can we call each other out when we let each other down in a way that is productive and respectful? Yeah. You know, those are the pieces. Can we count on each other? Yeah. And and what's great, Mo, is I've never I've never experienced you anything but, you know, just who you are, right? Like just, you know, again, in the front of the room and at different, you know, again, like at, at parties or events or whatever. It's just, it's just there's Mo, right? And and loving life, right? Like, and I know that's not always how you are, but when we are really looking and our work and our fun are the same when our work and our gift and our contribution are the same. And I know we're both so fortunate. I think it also was choices is that we discovered what we were really good at. We discovered what we really loved and then we pursued it. So, yeah. so there is also something there. And actually even, cause there are a lot of people who don't even think about it. Like, I just want to make a lot of money. I just yeah. want to be respected and, 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 you know, build my wallet and, you know, so, so it's, it's when you're looking in a different direction to sort of say, Hey, how can I contribute? What do I really love? You know, what, what keeps me up at night? You know, in the background, I've got all these books and I know you've read many of them as well. It's like leadership books and, and, and wisdom books. And it's like, Oh yeah, that's so fascinating. Oh wow. I love that. And so it's, so again, it's, it's all the same for me. You know, what would I do in a day off? And by the way, as well, you know, put $10 million in my bank account. I'd be having a conversation with you right now. There isn't that, but, and that's okay. Cause I'm, 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 I'm you know, right. I'm very blessed and, Not all about you know, money. yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. And people, people, you know, again, you know, especially when we're young and that was, is something I think I probably had a pretty decent sense of in my twenties anyhow, but that's something that's really so powerful. So I love that. I love that share, uh, Mo. Yeah, I would also tell you that, you know, failure is part of the deal, right? Yeah. Um, and so I'll be very vulnerable and real with you. So in the book, we have a relationship test. Mm -hmm. And I think the relationship test is brilliant. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I wanted as part of this book was to launch a um, relationship test uh, website to help people right. assess their relationships. Right. And, you know, I think it's a great tool. But my ability in the world of launching a software. Right. It's not, it's not my, it's not my thing. It's not mm -hmm. my thing. And so, you know what? I look at it and I'm like, yes, I spent time. I spent money. The tool is available. Anybody who yeah. picks up the book can go on and can use it and it works. Yeah. Has it flown off the shelf? No. And yeah. so how do you deal with failure? 
is another yeah. part of, of these these decisions you make as an entrepreneur. Right. And when do you give up? You know, so in, in marathon training, you don't lose until you stop. Like you yes, basically, that's exactly the entire it. mentality is, I have to finish this marathon. Yeah. yeah. Of course, as you go on and do more and more, it's how do I do it faster or whatever? Mm. But the mentality is you quit, that's when you lose because yes. you didn't finish. Yeah. But in business, you know, I think there's a point where you have to make a smart decision and say, am I hurting myself by continuing yeah. to do something that isn't working, continuing yeah. to pour money into something that isn't producing results? And I think figuring out when to cut cut it short and move on uh, is also really important. Yeah. And, and also as well, it's it's not like you quit. You just stop that race, stop that program and the main program still going right and you know so and that's one of the things as well about entrepreneurs is is a lot of times entrepreneurs have many failed businesses i've many failed businesses uh, <laughs> and uh, and i've i've one that continues to rock but um and that's now all i do yeah that's yeah. now all i do because i figured out i am not good at starting businesses so uh, i'm good at running this one but just getting that entrepreneurs will regularly fail at things and then just get back to another thing and just create another thing or be, get back to where they should be. Get, go back home, Chris. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So one thing I want to go back to Chris is, um, you know, when we talk about friendship at work and the importance of it, um, right. there was a Gallup study that said if four out of 10 people in your company have what they consider a real friend at work, yeah. Yeah. profitability goes up 14%. Yeah. So, for those uh, CEOs out there who are less touchy feely, yeah, who, who are asking themselves, "How can I be friends with my employees?" I simply yeah. say, you know, a look at the data, yes. uh, and b it's not all about you, right? So you may not be a friend with every one of your employees, yeah. but what about them being friends with each other? What about them having authentic relationships with each other? Yeah, because you know, if you go to work and you like the people you work with and you feel respected by the people you work with, you absolutely are going to perform better, you know, flat out. And so that's just something that I, I'd hate to, you know, not share as, as we yeah. have this conversation. Well, thanks for sharing. And I know there's, uh, we do, a we do, we do surveys, uh, every year, a couple of times a year. And one of the questions is, do you have a friend at work? Mm. And, and so we get a really, really high score at that. So it's definitely, uh, more than that, uh, percentage uh who who feel like they have a friend at work which is a which is a real gift and it's something that we value one of our number one values is relationships are everything in our company so and it's interesting so you know one thing that we're struggling with is you know how do we create friends at work virtually right so it's yeah. it's it's you know it's all these differences all these these challenges and changes and opportunities and opportunities so so how are you looking at the world moving forward, um, you know, because obviously this is something that as well impacts the all the amazing work that you do that so often has been, you know, face-to-face -face in meeting rooms. Well, so there's uh, a Forbes article that just came out and it's got some really interesting statistics. And I want to just tell you about those for a second. And sure. then we're going to talk about, you know, uh, what we're doing to help companies in this, in this facet. Um, so the first thing that uh, they've noted since COVID-19 is collaboration is up 120%. Wow. The second thing they've said, which I think is really interesting, is 40% of companies are considering continuing with a 
work from home workforce. Uh, wow. So I think that's also really interesting. And um, then there's like 20% of people are working outside of the normal work hours. Right. Now, I think that one is just chalk up to, I got to teach the kids during the day. And so I, I have to work, you know, uh, outside work hours to, to get my job done. Right. But what some of this is pointing to for me is, you know, you're so busy, locked up at home, trying to get as much work as you can get done. Right. Teach your kids, you know, the homeschooling stuff that you've got to do. And now you're working till eight, nine, ten. I, I hear that from many of my clients. And then right. there's no time left for you. There's no time left for socialization. And I think, I think that's one of the reasons collaboration is going up because what's happening is people are finding that their workmates, in fact, are a source of social interaction. And because of COVID-19, what I'm seeing that's really, really just profound, this is the first time, Chris, that as a population, we have the same vulnerability. Yes. So imagine before COVID-19, right? You have a vulnerability. I may not know it. I have a bunch. God knows I've got a bunch. You may not know them. But during COVID-19, we know for a fact every one of us is dealing with the same issue and it's affecting our vulnerabilities in various ways. And so I've had a slew of Zoom team building sessions with different companies. Yeah. And in two hours, what is magical is how people are getting very real very quickly. And, you know, you could ask a simple question like, how is COVID-19 affecting you positively? Yeah. How is it affecting you negatively? Yeah. And in a matter of, you know, minutes, you start mm-hmm. to hear from your coworkers. And one of the things that I, I didn't mention earlier, the benefit of, of being in a forum, and this is analogous here, is I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. See, until I put words to it, until I share yeah. it with you, whether you're my friend or whether you're my coworker, I think I'm alone. But exactly. the moment I share it and I start hearing from other people that they're going through the same thing, <sighs> yeah, for sure. the relief, the word relief, I've heard so many times as yeah. people have said, oh my God, I'm not alone. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So in the Zoom environment, you know, there are a couple of things that, you know, we insist on. Mm. Put your headphones in yeah. because we want to hear you well. And we right. don't want to be overheard. If I'm sharing something vulnerable with you, Chris, and there are people sitting around you or people that walk into your space, it compromises my safety. So put your headphones in. And if somebody walks into your space, you know, use a safe word. Like, yeah. I love forum. Yeah, <laughs> And then the people on the call know that maybe they have to be quiet. Um, right. You know, dial in early. So by now, hopefully there are no dial in issues, mm. but it's the same as going to your meetings physically. You know, there's no such thing as being on time. There just isn't. If you're going to be yeah. on time, you're going to be late. So dial in early, five minutes early. And that way you've worked out the kinks. You got your headphones plugged in, you're all set. got everything working. You yeah. know, I think that matters. Uh, turn off the other apps. So you can't be getting ding, ding from your email, from your text. Turn off the other stuff. Be 100% present. Because if you're not 100% present and listening, then people are going to know you're just unplugged and they're not going to feel as good about the connection and whether you actually care about them. Uh, So once we have those ground rules in place, you know, let's have a conversation, a real conversation. How's it going? 
And so mm-hmm. even, even on the street, you know, you see a friend, you see a neighbor that you never talked to. And how is COVID-19 affecting you? Yes. And all of a sudden, you are much closer to that person that you yep. just said hello to, you know, a thousand times over the last 10 years because yep. you now have a simple conduit connection. Yeah. So powerful. So powerful. And I love, I love as well, you know, just so many of the, you know, being a hundred percent present for people, you know, again, that's something that, you know, we coach and, and obviously it, it can be a sales tool, but really it's a people tool. It's like actually be in the conversation. And again, you know, this, this technology that's wonderful and really supports us can also, you know, distract us and get in the way of, of us being people. So. Yeah. The thing though, the other thing that I think is important not to lose sight of is, and I hear this gosh, for the last week, I've heard it maybe four times. Right. I'm getting Zoomed out. Okay, yes. Um, And so while I think Zoom is an incredible substitute, given the current situation that we're in, yeah, I don't actually think it's better than being together in person. Um, And so if your team happens to be all in the same geographical area in the same city, and you can go sit at a park and be six feet apart. You know, I'm not going to tell you it's better to be on Zoom. For sure. Never will I yeah. tell you that. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel the same way. And I feel, uh, yeah, I feel there's a real opening. And again, I think Zoom will be much more, this type of video uh, expression will be t- much more of, of, of the way. And there's nothing like face-to-face, you know, and again, even six feet apart, there's nothing like that. So you know, as you went from, you know, a university student, when you think about that, to, to, to a full-time business creator, a full-time creator in the world, what did you need to change about yourself, Mo? You know, the big battle of my life, Chris, has been, and I, I would say college and the first couple of years after college really were transformative for me. So I used mm-hmm. to be really, I used to be really shy. Oh. I was an introvert. Um, oh. And so imagine Imagine that to go from being uncomfortable <laughs> speaking to a single human being to getting on stage and speaking to a thousand people. Wow. So that's that's been the great work of my life. And I think for me, it started with a very painful, you know, early teenage years of realizing I'm not happy right. being that person, okay. uh, to finding role models, to right. taking speech classes and Toastmasters and and I just, you know, my grandfather, when I was a kid, used to say, if you're in the jungle and you come across a lion, you need to reach in its mouth and rip out its guts. Mm-hmm. And that metaphor, now I lost him when I was, you know, seven and a half years old. Right. And that metaphor has just stuck with me to this day. And so, you know, I threw myself into my fear mm-hmm. and um, I think I conquered it and it became a source <laughs> of confidence for me. And that's my. My one word answer for you is is building up <laughs> my one word answer. <laughs> um, yeah, th- that is just so, so amazing. You know, Mo is one of the most you know authentic, charismatic people I know. Um, and so to think that that's where you were, it just again, it just shows who we can become, right? Who we can become. So first of all, again, it's choice, and then it's then it's actions, Toastmasters, mentorship, development, working at it. You know, and again, you know, becoming who Mo wanted to be, right? You know, you know, because because again, so often we're making choices as five year olds about who we're going to become in the world. Well, hold on, shouldn't I be making that choice at twenty and thirty and forty, and then continuing to evaluate that choice throughout my life, 
right? And, it's interesting. Uh, it's yeah, you know, something else that comes to mind is back to this advice versus experience conversation. So I started college as a pre-engineering student, and I gotta tell you, I dropped out of calculus once, I almost failed it, and then I got a D the second time, and chemistry was not my friend. And you right. know, the advice of my family was go be an engineer. Well, guess what? This guy is not cut out to be an engineer. No kidding. <laughs> exactly. No kidding. Me either. Me either. Love engineers. <laughs> so yeah. um, what key, if someone wanted to do what you did, what key habits would they want to steal from you? What's the secret to your success, mm. Mel? You know, if there's one thing that I constantly get from my clients, and you've said it a few times on this call, it mm. is... I don't expect them to do anything that I don't do as it relates right. to sharing, authenticity, vulnerability. And so right. what I've what I've realized, and so one of the things, I'll go back to David Bradford from Stanford. Right. Um, he says, with vulnerability, though, there's a chicken and egg. Who goes first? Yeah. Well, guess who goes first, Chris? Me. I go first. <laughs> you go first. Me. You bet. Exactly. <laughs> what? <laughs> there's no other answer. Exactly. And, and, and Mo, Mo was one of my trainers in, in forum. I, I, oh, by the way, as well, I was a forum trainer and I, uh, for about two or three years, I traveled around, uh, North America, you know, once a month. And I, uh, again, it was, I went first, I went first and continue to go first. And that changes the room, right? It changes the room, changes the room. and, and then other people go first, uh, go, go deepen and they deepen and they deepen. And it's, it's just so powerful. And I'm just uh, so glad to have forum in my life. Yeah. And just something interesting, you know, so this has been, you know, my, my process for as long as I've done this work, but just last year, Harvard business review came out with uh, a bunch of books, uh, HBR's 10 must reads on fill in the blank. They've got a bunch of them. One of them is HBR's 10 must reads on emotional intelligence. And one of those articles talks about the contagion factor that happens when someone shares deeply, when someone has emotions expressed, um, it affects the room. And so yes. here we go. It's authenticated by Harvard Business Review after <laughs> exactly. 20, uh, 28 years of practice. <laughs> 100%. We know it's true, but now we know it's true. <laughs> so, um, so final question, Mo. When you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? Um, I think adaptable. Mm-hmm. You don't know what the world is going to be tomorrow. Already, mm-hmm. I could tell you, COVID-19 is changing the way many, many, many leaders have to think. And yes. if you think, I'm just going to do things the way I always have, and it's just going to work, you better think again. Yes. And that is true for me. I, I mentioned know. it earlier. I think maybe we're going to go back to normal. Yeah. But what if we don't? Yeah. Do I want to be a sitting duck or do I want to reinvent and figure out how I'm going to operate in this reality? In the new reality. And yeah. And, and, uh, you know, and again, I know, I know there's no doubt that in any reality you're going to win in any reality, you're going to great, great value for your clients. Um, and, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time after, I don't know how many years, way too long way to come long. back. Um, I feel, uh, I feel so blessed, uh, this morning and I know, uh, I'm going to hear great things about your, our podcast this morning. So thank you so much, Mo, for joining thank us. Thank you, Chris. So nice to see you. It's been way too yes. long. Thank you so <laughs> exactly. much. Exactly. What, what a gift. Okay. What Take care, gift. my friend. Thank you. you too. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. you bet. Bye-bye. Cheers. 
Hey leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.